0: Friends, and this is the fringate. We're best friends, and this is the fringate, we're best friends! Every little thing that I can think of doing just sounds better, doing it together. Every little thing that I can think of doing just sounds better, doing it together.
1: Welcome to Spongebob Binge Pants,
0: Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things Spongebob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande.
1: We have got a fantastic episode for you today. Frankie and I had the distinct pleasure of talking with two stars of Spongebob Squarepants, the Broadway musical, Danny Skinner and Gavin Lee. Danny played Patrick on stage and Gavin played Squidward. This is our first of two episodes covering the musical. The second one will be with Wesley Taylor, who plays Plankton, and Ethan Slater, who plays Spongebob himself. But the wonderful interview you're about to hear right now with Danny Skinner and Gavin Lee covers what it was like to translate such a cartoony cartoon into a stage show starring human beings and their experience in shaping and performing in the musical musical live. There were challenges along the way like Gavin having to walk around with four squidward legs and great behind-the-scenes stories. And if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, good news, the musical is available to watch right now on Paramount+. So without further ado, here's Frankie and I talking to Danny Skinner and Gavin Lee.
0: What was your relationship to SpongeBob when you started auditioning for the musical? Were you guys big fans of the show?
2: Well, Gavin here. Uh, Yeah, I got an email or a call from my agent saying they're doing this uh, SpongeBob musical, but they're not calling it a SpongeBob musical at the moment. It's all very much under wraps and... uh, They don't want the Broadway world to know that it's happening. Mm. So it was just called the Tina Landau Project when (laughs) I auditioned for it. And Tina Landau, of course, is the amazing lady who created this this version of SpongeBob, this stage version, which was very different to the cartoon, but also had all the best bits of the cartoon in it. So, Mm. So getting that first audition... I was like, okay, it's for Squidward. Okay. Um, So I immediately uh, popped on 10 episodes of SpongeBob to get myself into the world. Because I'd I'd seen SpongeBob, you know, uh, on the TV, but uh, I can't say I was a fan. You know, I was already in my 40s. So perhaps I was, you know, (laughs) I'd missed the boat of like joining it when it started. Um, And... After I'd watched a few episodes and laughed a lot, I then actually uh, voice memoed on my phone whenever Roger Bumpers spoke, whenever the Squidward mm-hmm. spoke. Because I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to go into that first audition and do a carbon copy of his voice, or None. as best I could. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just recorded all of Squidward's lines and then tried to sound like him doing the lines that I'd been sent. It would have been so much easier if they'd sent us an episode right. and we could have listened to the episode and I could have just copied him. But as it was, this was fresh new script that Squidward had never said before. So it was like, try and be Roger, doing Squidward and then take that into the audition room. And um, I'm very glad to say that on my very first audition, because I think me and Danny, we had three or four auditions along the way. Um, immediately, Tina said, I'm not expecting you to do a carbon copy of Squidward mm. and I was like, oh thank God for that, because who can sound <laughs> as brilliant as Roger Bumbers? Um <laughs> so after that first edition, you could let the accent go a bit and just make him your own squidward They never go away. <laughs> Typical I'm
0: which I found you really did, but also I think you did also give Roger like a lot of like you know love. You really did. I thought it was it was truly, oh, truly yeah. masterfully done. As was as was your portrayal, Danny. Danny, what about you? What was your original relationship with Patrick Starr?
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, non-British accent is Danny. Uh, <laughs> I I was a huge, huge fan of uh, SpongeBob. Uh, before the project, I grew up with, uh, some SpongeBob. So I remember, uh, growing up and and like, I think it came out when I was really just starting intermediate school, like right in middle school area. And, uh, I was sitting on my parents' bed and watching it. And, uh, and previously with like Rocco's Modern Life and seeing the character of Heifer, uh, I'm I'm a big guy. And so when I saw Patrick come out from underneath his rock, I was like instantly in it. I was like, there <laughs> is a cartoon character that is my shape. Fantastic. Aww. So I had, I brought that all the way in. And so when I got the audition, there was not a script written at the time. So they were very hush hush about it. And, and they sent over actually uh, one of the SpongeBob episodes and being a fan I immediately was like, oh, this is not the Tina Landau project. This is a SpongeBob SquarePants. So (laughs) the casting director was all coy about it and said, I'm going to send a picture over and then send a picture. I was like, yes, you don't even have to send it over. I know what it is. I did the scene with the Sunday. I got to tell him about the ugly barnacle. I got to do that entire scene was my first audition, was getting to do that. And again, just like what Gavin said, uh, Tina really immediately was like, you don't have to do the exact voice of. So that took an immediate pressure off because I can't do what Bill does. And got to do my, my own version. I want a verse. I want a verse. I missed a snack. This busy schedule makes it hard to be me. Just stay on track. Now I'll have to eat it while I'm watching TV. There might
2: not be time for a nap, but I'll do Danny, can you, can you remember Danny? When it was the Tina Landau project, the characters weren't called the SpongeBob characters. And I oh, wish yeah. I remember what... I can't, I wish I kept that bit of script. It was so long ago now. But yeah. I know. I, I mean, SpongeBob f- was called like Bubble Butt or something. Yeah, like Bubble Bart or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, like... and, and I wish I could remember, I was like, this weird cut, you know, Grumpy Guts or something. It wasn't that rubbish, but it was <laughs> like not Squidward. Guts. And I was like, why is it? I mean, I think it's SpongeBob. So why are we not using the names? But it was all very hush hush then. And it wasn't definitely coming to Broadway. And, and they
1: didn't want the world to know. It was so. Um, I we think it's so funny names. that these like seemingly like secretive methods probably did trick some folks. I mean, you guys had some awareness of SpongeBob. Danny, you were like, I'm in it. I know I'm exactly I know who it. this yep. is. But I'm sure that there are incredibly talented actors who auditioned, and they're like, Bubble Bart, I've never heard of this. Okay, let's give it a go. Like yep. Maybe they didn't have that <laughs> cultural awareness. It seems crazy, but it it there have to be people who are not super aware of SpongeBob as an entity. So I think that's so, so funny.
2: Well, I, for one, have my sights set far beyond this place. I've been developing a one-man show starring an as-yet undiscovered young, handsome, and very leggy talent. I call it Tentacle Spectacle
1: the Musical. Well, set aside like your guys' familiarity uh, or awareness of the SpongeBob cartoon before getting this audition. Just as stage actors, what were your initial impressions of the musical as you started to learn more about it and realize who was making it? What did you guys think? Well, I mean, we should say that Danny,
2: along with Ethan, who obviously was the wonderful SpongeBob in the show, you guys were attached to this project way before me.
3: We started up in wow. twenty twelve, uh, and it was and it was a movement workshop. So they they specifically asked us to come in, and and, and so my my angle in it. Uh, is that I, I love physical comedy. So I love everything about uh, that world. And so that's really how I got my. Before it was even a musical, it was can cartoon characters live in bodies on stage? Will that even mm. read? Because they had no interest in doing uh, the big mascot right. heads like you would see at Universal right. Studios, which have their place. It's amazing. Uh, but they wanted, you know, for a two act musical theater evening, Ethan, who was SpongeBob, we got to play around with like, would it be funny if this happened? Yeah, it would be funny. What can your body do this? Yeah. What if you got on my back and I did this? Yeah. Let let me, and, and Ethan is made of rubber. So he was able to do
0: literally everything. And I got to anchor a lot of it. My biggest question for everyone involved is, did you get hazard pay?
2: (laughs) Ethan Slater should have got hazard pay because, um, anyone's seen the musical near the end. He has to climb the volcano, which the set was basically about a hundred ladders all stuck together in different angles and with a hole in the middle to represent the volcano. And one day in tech, I think Tina said to Ethan, OK, we want you to climb this as SpongeBob. How do you want to climb in it, through it, upside down, you know? And Ethan, being young and slash stupid, (laughs) did the most convoluted, crazy climbing of this volcano wall. And as he was doing it, you ought to go, Ethan, you have to do this eight times a week.
3: Yeah, don't volunteer. Don't (laughs) volunteer. uh, But
2: I mean, Danny, we saw the bruises. Oh, my goodness. The the cuts on his hands, on his hips, because he was in in, in a harness. So he was secure but he could still Mm -hmm. fall and bash into it and it was all made out of metal and um he's a crazy guy.
0: I'm slipping! Gotcha! I think this is goodbye, Sandy! These are my last words! Spongebob,
2: please! Look over there! Those are your last words? He needed to be in phenomenal shape to do that show eight times a week, doing you know, two on a Wednesday and two on a Saturday or whatever it was. I mean We were all
1: busted because it was a very physical show. Just back to like Danny's describing the the sort of movement class of it. I just picture a bunch of scientists in lab coats standing around a TV screen with the cartoon. Yeah, with clipboards (laughs) being like, can we do this? Is this achievable? Can we?
3: (laughs) Kind of like that, except that you had the most brilliant Broadway minds in a room and you had a bunch of clowns walk in. And instead of beakers and things, it was legitimate pool noodles balloons yeah. and like stuff you'd find Uni-cycles, at like, the dollar store. Like David's Zinn yeah. like coming in and being like, Tina having conversations. conversation, like I need more pool noodles. And like, that was a real <laughs> conversation. We're like, what is I this? I need more hula
2: hoops and more juggling yeah. balls. I'm quite envious that I was, I came into the pro- project late. I basically came in for the try in Chicago, which then transferred to Broadway. So by the time I came in, there was a full on script. Mm. that, um, Admittedly changed an awful lot during the rehearsals. Danny can tell you like, Oh, at one point, you know, Spongebob and Patrick and went that, to the moon and came back.
3: Well, there was there was at one point a fortune teller uh, oh. that came into town to tell about how the end of the world was going to mm-hmm, happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, as it would. And uh, it was a big old like wah-wah at the, the end of The <laughs> whole story was
2: a misunderstanding, <laughs> well, wasn't the it? Whole yeah, the whole story, musical?
3: yeah. So for good reason, they had to go through that version to get to the great version that they got to. Yeah. Um, which is to Nickelodeon's credit, because I, I will say that I think a lot of people, once they did hear that SpongeBob SquarePants, was going to be a Broadway musical, had a big old eye roll. Yes. Like I think that they were like, okay, sure. how is this how is this going to happen? Uh so that's to Nickelodeon's credit that they did not force the process. They allowed it to organically happen. So they let us play around with pool noodles so that we can get this. Yeah. For <laughs> six years. And then eventually we're right. like, okay, well, now a story, please. Uh but it was uh <laughs> Yeah, well, there was a fortune teller, and the end of the world was actually the end of a discount that the fortune teller was offering, and that was the <laughs> misunderstanding. So there was one point where there was going to be giant bubbles that we uh, actually got into and floated around in, and I think oh. it, they, they did the cost of that, and they were like, oh, yeah, we yeah. can imagine that.
0: <laughs> and
3: then, uh, there was lots of different, throw it against the wall, see if it works, and then we had a test audience at one point. We did a workshop at Classic Stage Company, which, if you know, New York City is a- Wonderful off-Broadway theater. They basically took all the seats out, rearranged the entire space, and built like a test version of it. It was like a, a candy store. It was beautiful, all these wow. neon colors. So what you saw on the Broadway thing, we had a little little off-Broadway little version in a workshop for a test audience there. And that We're, wasn't for any that wasn't incredible. for
2: any paying audience. Nickelodeon paid for all of that just wow. to end to up right. with a product to then look at it and go back to the drawing board. And I mean, wow! it's just amazing. They didn't want to just plop an episode of the show, uh, the cartoon onto stage and hope it worked. Mm-hmm. They really spent the years working with actors and creatives to end up with the, in my opinion, brilliant show. I'm sure they were very important Nickelodeon people that then had meetings with our creators, with the director, with the musical director, with the choreographer. And then the next day... Tina would come in and say, Okay, we're changing this bit. And we <laughs> and and we would not know whether that was her decision or Nickelodeon's decision. But I know that Nickelodeon were very much, Tina, we've picked you to put this show on stage. Right. Do what you want to do. And she did. Because you look at our characters and we don't necessarily look like the cartoon. And that's Tina going, I'm not making Ethan yellow Mm -hmm. and square Mm -hmm. Spongebob works in a burger place and he's having fun with his best friend Patrick
0: As long as we have Imagination Imagination. Right Because we're BFF (laughs) BFF Best friends forever Oh I still don't get it I got you, and you got me. I don't need my glasses on
2: to and see. And so I love that we looked so human. I mean, in a way, I was the only character that they really did feel, mm, let's look at the cartoon, he's got tentacles. He's yes. got, really, Squidward's got, you know, as he's got six tentacles, two arms and four legs, and they felt that the actor playing in the stage version, needed to have those extra legs, but everyone else just kind of looked kind of looked like a human being yes. that had the essence and Tina liked to say the DNA of the cartoon character it, within them.
1: We should talk about those legs right now. They were amazing. <laughs> how how heavy were they? Were they difficult to work in? You as an actor, what was your process into like getting into them and working with them?
2: Yeah, I mean. We- I spent hours, I can, literally hours, with David Zinn, our fabulous set and costume designer, just in front of a mirror with these kind of, again, kind of pool noodle material mm. um, the legs were made out of. So they weren't particularly heavy, except they were obviously a real pair of shoes on the end and the feet, the fake feet were made of wood. So they were heavy enough, but we spent Hours in front of the mirror, usually me in profile with my little Squidward squat, you know, bent knees, feet together. And I just wanted those fake legs to look identical to my real legs. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want it to look like, oh, there's a pair of fake legs out the back. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to think, which ones are the fake legs? And then the next thing was now Chris Cotelli, the choreographer, saying, put full tap shoes on. Now what can you do with tap shoes? So <laughs> it, it went It went from, can you walk in them, to can you tap dance with them? Look at me now, mama! And um, they were a pain in the neck, um, especially in the wings, mainly in the wings, because... You don't realize you do this, but when you you want to walk behind someone, Mm -hmm. you kind of look at their head and you presume that you can then just walk behind them. (laughs) So people would walk behind me and then instantly trip (laughs) over my feet that were sticking out the back all the time. So I learned pretty early on in the wings, I had to be up against a wall so no one could pass behind me because they would always trip over my fake feet. In those legs, I only fell down the stairs twice, because also what you don't realise is when you, ha- when you have two feet that are attached to your feet pointing backwards, as soon as you take the first step down a- oh no. on the stairs, your back foot, the fake foot, is still on the top step, and you put your foot on the next step down, so you immediately tilt forward wow. and literally fall down the stairs. The only way to go downstairs is to turn around and walk backwards like you're going down a ladder.
3: <laughs> we also had a uh, like an order of how to get onto the the elevator, so certain people had to get in at certain points and they couldn't go on the elevator until the certain person was in their
2: position. Whoa. So that, that, that certain was, person would be me. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah,
3: that's exactly. I had to right. get
2: in, go to the back cuz I cuz I was in the way. My legs were in the way of everyone else.
1: What I love about what you two and the whole cast on the musical did is that in an animated cartoon, you have a voice actor who supplies one part of the character, and Mm -hmm. then animator or animators supplying the movement, and it's a collaboration, but with the show, it's just you guys up on stage. And Gavin, you describing the legs and you're figuring out how that works, you still took on the mannerisms and the the outline the the shape of squidward the way that you have at uh, were, we're standing is i'm like that's how squidward is drawn and danny you so often in the show had your hands <laughs> in this patrick star shape to kind yeah. of create the shape of these characters was that something that was again discovered in the process of like how can this even work or was that something that you guys knew from the beginning Whoever's Patrick has to have their hands like this the entire time. That that was very much part of the discovery of uh through the entire
3: workshops. Uh there was always constantly subtraction happening, actually, that would like so the very first time, uh, just like Gavin had some some legs in the back and that that stayed. Uh there was a there was a moment they made foam hands mm. just to see ah. to like find out like the silhouette of like what what it would be like if, you know, it was uh what do you call those? The oven mitts
1: and mm-hmm. yes. uh-huh. like,
3: uh, and, and seeing if that, if that's what we need to be able to do the certain positions and like keep things and how he points. And, and then we realized, well, actually, you just need to point with your whole hand and that <laughs> actually accomplishes it. And we don't have to add any more because it was so important to find the DNA and keep it human so that you instantly identified in the audience with, with, the individuals on the stage so that it never really you know it felt otherworldly but it was still very much of our world
1: hey patrick check
0: this out the incredible stretching sofa it's alive are you okay SpongeBob? oh sure
3: one of the things you were talking about, like the people in the room, the, the most important voice to me in the room was Steve Hillenburg. He came and was a part yeah. of this. His reaction to what we were doing, because I, I know that he was skeptical, he had the same question that Tina, I think, initially had, and she's expressed, mm-hmm. which is, what is this? What am I doing? Uh, even Tina had that that thought initially when it was pitched to her. Uh, but but Steve's approval and his tear filled eyes about something that he loved Ugh. so much, especially towards the the end of his life, which it's just uh, to me, there there is no greater honor as somebody who is a fan of something than being in the room with the creator and then yes. having the approval of that wonderful human being uh, on the product. So yes. that I just want to say that that Whoa. was that was the best.
2: We have a, a full on cast photo from the tryout in Chicago with Steve sitting slap bang in the middle of the cast and uh, everyone involved with the show. And it was such a brilliant, um,
1: that's so great
2: time. Whenever he walked in the room or was at the theater.
3: And then also we didn't have Tom Kenny or bill in the room until opening. Uh, on Broadway, which was terrifying. That's the, It's never it's never an okay feeling to be like, okay, let's go open this show, Press Week's done, but also the original
2: voices are here. Uh, yeah. and the
3: people who created these <laughs> roles are going to be in the audience.
2: Opening night on Broadway was amazing. All the press was there, you know, all being asked to do interviews with all the different press outlets, and they decided to pair us up with the original voices, and you're like, so there's Roger Bumpus. I'm like... Oh my, and of course, they're being very gracious, aren't they, Danny, on that oh, night because it's basically about <laughs> our version that night. So they're like, oh my gosh, what you've done with the role. And you just, and you as the actor want to go, thanks very much. But. You're the you. real deal. Oh. Yeah. And then yeah. and so we're so we're interviewing with all these um reporters together with your voice sake. And and of course then they say, Oh, can you both do the voice? And of course uh. Roger Bumpus is happy to do the voice, left, right, and centre It's his voice. And then and, and and as as the actor playing the role on stage, you're like don't ask me because he's yeah. not going to be as good as him and you're just gonna, in your head going to go well he's not very good is he so <laughs> I, I think i pulled the squidward face a few times but i was like no i'm not doing the voice when the real voice is standing right next to me
0: good evening and and welcome to the first annual
1: squidward tentacles talent show sponsored by the crusty crab home of the crabby patty no one
0: else would give it a
3: home. When when Bill said uh, uh no this is Patrick, no this is Patrick. We got to do that exchange back and forth. Uh, is this Patrick? No, this is Pat-. That whole thing. And I got to do it with Bill. I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one that jumps on that opportunity. Yeah. 10 out of 10 times. Uh, yeah, he was so generous, but it's it's always like when you're next to, the, you know, a legend like Bill, you're like, uh, actually you take the pictures. You wow. you are the yeah, they so don't want was... my
2: picture, they want your picture yeah, want You're your the pictures. real deal So <laughs> yes. it, was, it was an odd night, wasn't it? Yeah And then and then jumping forward to um, When we actually, you know, filmed The musical for Nickelodeon for yeah. the TV And then we actually had Tom Kenny in the show with in us the the show. Were like, <laughs> What is happening? It was stupid Because we always had his voice Because he, for the um, Broadway show, he was the French narrator uh,
1: Bonjour, salut And welcome to this quiet corner on the ocean floor,
2: teeming with all the many kinds of undersea life. So his voice was with us every night on Broadway, but we didn't have the actual body of Tom Kenny, who obviously played Patchy the pirate in the TV version. Someone was employed to play Patchy, Um, And opened act one and act Mm two
1: And had had his own number Kept
3: trying to get on stage and wanted to get into the theater To see Patrick and and Spongebob (laughs)
1: Spongebob, that's right
0: Ah, I told you I'd be back And there you are (laughs) Three, four In the world
3: One of the greatest joys right now, uh, this many years out from the show, is that the licensing is now going out to high schools, regional theaters, oh, and, and, cool. and amateur productions, as well as smaller.
2: I love, I love, that you've mentioned that because my, my town here in New Jersey is the middle school is doing the SpongeBob <gasps> <gasps> musical. So lots of the kids that I know in this community, lots of my children's friends are in this. Version Gavin. of SpongeBob get out of here, so and cool. so I'm going on. I have I've never seen SpongeBob on stage. I was in it. I didn't ever see it. Wow. And get in, in character guess, and just give so many notes. Oh, I'm, well, I'm, what if I just <laughs> walk down the aisle of the auditorium with two extra legs on, going, get out of my way! I'm here. Um, <laughs> the great thing about this musical is, uh, design wise, you can go anywhere you want. You know, mm-hmm. you haven't got to make yes. it look like the cartoon.
3: And they always ask, they're always like, would well, you have any advice about how to play the character? And I'm like, be you. Yeah, do awesome. it as you. Because awesome. you, you have, the form is there with Bill. You do you. Tina wrote a note at the beginning of it for casting about how inclusive it can be and how even characters like Patrick... I know that there are productions uh, because of that casting note that have been cast uh with females which is phenomenal. That's, yeah. great. That's really I, I want to see that I want to see that production. Yeah. Yeah, I I've mean, se- I've
2: been sent photos of lots of girls yep. in high school doing a production and they're playing Squidward and I'm like <laughs> brilliant. None of these <laughs> characters have to be boys or girls. It's a cartoon. They're, and yeah. they're cartoons and your sea creatures so you can yep. be yeah. any sex you want. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> But guys, we think they're about me. We haven't noticed. Come on, Come we on. have a mission
0: here. This is weird, you guys, but I like having all you around. Look <laughs> <laughs> at all
3: the new friends that I have found.
1: It really sounds like everybody who was working on this show really took to heart those messages in SpongeBob that, that, that became the sort of thesis of the show. All are yes. welcome here. And those yep. are in the cartoon, too. They're there. They they don't hit you over the head with those messages at, at the end of every episode, you know? Like, today, kids, we learned something. Like, it's just there. It's baked into these characters. And it's it's so, so great to see that SpongeBob being able to take on this different existence, this different life, that you guys still had that core, heartfelt message in there, and taking it to that level, it's wonderful.
0: It's Patrick,
1: and he has your jetpack.
0: I'll save you. Were there any fun uh, live blooper moments? Because it's live theater; anything can happen. <laughs> what was your favorite? So there was only
3: one time Patrick never made his his flight, uh, and it was. Uh, <laughs> You know, backstage, I'm supposed to go up on a fly thing, spoiler alert, uh, up on this fly thing, and uh, the jetpack got caught, in one of the cables happens. There's all these safety protocols, and the safety protocol is, okay, back down. We're not going to go. Right. And so I'm looking at the stage manager like, Dude, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And she's like, just, just go. And so I'm supposed to fly over all these people, and I remember Lily Cooper's face, oh my goodness, uh, and Ethan looking at me. And they're on the ladders, and I'm supposed to come in like, I'll save you, and I come running in, and I'm just hands up walking on the stage in this big budget broadway musical walking across the stage and their their eyes they're supposed to be looking up they just go they look right down and they just follow me through and then back up right into the into the moment and like you know it just kept going but that was the one time that patrick never made his flight
2: that's always a backup plan even if it's lame, just walk on, and Danny. And I immediately,
3: I immediately went into like, should I be making a? And, and Mike Dobson, who is our foley <laughs> artist, we had a live foley artist on the yes. on the set, which is incredible. And we got the whole bank of all the Nickelodeon sound effects from SpongeBob, so we had him at our arsenal. I was like, at that moment, my brain immediately went, "I need to make a noise," and so <laughs> I immediately went. Brr.
2: Oh, you did a crack exactly. helicopter. Oh, completely. I mean, yeah, it was supposed to be a jetpack, and you went. Listen, when something goes wrong.
3: You don't know what comes out of your mouth, you
2: know? <laughs> every single sound effect that you heard during the Broadway show was made by one guy and all his instruments. Because um, Ethan had a SpongeBob yes. sound as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we both had um, our walking sounds. And, of course, every time I squatted, I had my... I had, like, a <laughs> fart sound.
0: It's a great day, Squidward. In fact... I'd say this could be the best day ever.
2: You say that every
0: day, and it's always true. <laughs> Bye, Patrick. I'll see you <laughs> at work, Scrooge.
2: <laughs> what have I done to deserve this? And still funny, Dobson. It was, it was brilliant because it wasn't totally set. He would have to just follow what i was doing so sometimes just to annoy him you know i'd like instead of doing eight walks i'd do six walks and then a couple of runs and he'd have to be like you know and i'd do one extra step when i'm just contemplating something i just (laughs) squat and he'd be there every time he would never miss my sound effects and i love him for that
1: That i I feel like that added that added to this feeling of like, they're really doing an animated world in live action in mm-hmm. the moment. you And know? live, just and live. because which cause, is amazing. Yeah,
2: because it would have been so easy for all the sound effects to just be pre-recorded and yep. someone press a button. But instead, he, he, Mike made all the noises.
3: Mike had so many squeak toys with different <laughs> tones. I cannot tell. He, like, you know, the, the drum kit, he had all the different squeak ones. There was the pig one. There was the rubber chicken. Everything.
2: I love that in the TV version that we did, he's on stage. So they moved for the TV version. They moved him on stage, so he's there, visible. So you know, oh, that guy's making all the sounds for us. You know, it was very cool. He was very featured for the uh, TV version.
0: Hello, line. Hello, street. Greetings, maestro. Hello, guy making all the sounds. Hello, everyone at home. Hello, sky. Hello, flowers. Hello, bikini bottles. By the way, anyone who has not seen the musical, please do go on Paramount Plus. It is available 24-7 whenever you would like to, and you can see these two incredible performances as well as everyone else in this amazing, amazing musical.
2: I have to say, we closed the Broadway show... And it was, uh, Danny, how did you feel what a whole year later when you never think you're going to put that costume on again and you're never going to see that same group of people again, all in one room, we all got this email saying, Nickelodeon has decided they want to film the stage show. Awesome. And we'd yeah. closed it a year earlier. Getting that email saying, would you like to go back into rehearsals for two weeks all randomly fly to England to go to a theatre in England and record it. I mean, it was one of walking into that rehearsal room after a year away was one of the most joyous feelings. Danny, I mean, what do you feel about the the, the TV filmed version is just brilliant. You get a,
3: you get an email that's like, Hey, you want to go goof around with your best friends in a room again? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I would love to do that. (laughs) That filming one was, was really, was
2: wild to get to put the the suit back on again. (laughs) Um, We have to say it's a, because of the people we were working with, but, there's all the fans, the and Nickelodeon, yeah. and all the fans had such a big part of the joy of that. The fans were brilliant. They accepted our version of their beloved SpongeBob and they couldn't get enough of it. And it made us, the actors, feel amazing.
1: Once again, huge thanks to Gavin and Danny for spending some of their time with us and sharing those great stories. Frankie and I were legitimately thrilled. They're the best. Remember to tune in to our next episode on the Broadway musical where we're going to talk to Plankton, Wesley Taylor, and SpongeBob SquarePants, Ethan Slater. Until then, keep watching cartoons and live theater. Bye.